Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. Here we go, this is the last of the major prophets. And it's kind of a funky one. It appears to be set up into two parts. There's a history bit where weird shit happens and people are tested and all that. And then we chill out at the end with some classic end times prophecies that to this very day, a certain type of idiot person gets all excited about and spunks up all over the place, deciding to interpret it in whatever way they deem fit. Let's get into this. Nebuchadnezzar sieges Jerusalem, right, and decides that he's going to take a few Israelites with him to work for him. Only the brightest and the best, though, none of the rubbish ones. These people will go on a three-year training course and essentially learn all about Babylon. He chooses Daniel, yay, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those names, right, almost certainly mispronounced, and they're each given different names immediately by Nebuchadnezzar anyway, and no, it, it doesn't matter what those names are basically, right? The names are interchangeable throughout the book, but they are taken to Babylon, and Daniel decides that he won't eat Babylonian food, because it goes against his laws. Now, neither will he drink their wine, which is either because that it also goes against his laws, or he's a massive pussy, because seriously, who doesn't drink? I am deeply suspicious of straight-edge people. You go out, hang around intoxicated people and want to stay perfectly sober, you creepy, creepy fucker. The officials say the king will kill Daniel if he doesn't eat their food. Dan just goes, ah, come on now, chill out. And it all works out nicely for everyone, with Dan being on a vegan diet and the officials working out that a vegan diet is perfectly healthy and, if anything, makes Dan stronger and better than anyone else. Bible's words, this is, not mine. God approves wholeheartedly with vegans. If you hate vegans or have stupid arguments pointing out the vegans are actually the problem, you are a godless heathen and will be going straight to hell. Also, vegans are clearly magic as Dan starts getting a fuckload of visions. Nebo starts to have these dreams and wants to understand them. He talks to all these astrologers and magicians, letting them know that they will be cut into tiny ribbons, tiny, tiny little pieces, if they don't tell him what his dream means. He starts getting insanely angry at them for not instantly doing it. You see, no one is interpreting the dream because he isn't telling anyone what the dream is. It kind of makes sense, I guess. If they are so good at being magic, they should be able to intuit what the dream was and then be able to decipher it. Like all those vile psychics that for some reason still exist. Liars, charlatans, evil cunts, each and every one of them. I think I hate psychics more than any other kind of liar. Anyway, the threats flow and the wizards categorically do not interpret the mystery dream. Apparently, only gods can interpret dreams, but thankfully, 
we have Daniel. He reckons he can do it, no bother mate. He gets a vision to help him explain the dream and he tells the king it's the future. On its own, not enough, I know, right? Thankfully, Dan isn't finished. Right then, the dream is a statue made of four different types of metal. The statue is struck and smashed into bits. Immediately, Nebo's happy with Dan because he's told him what his dream was and Nebo knows what the dream was because it was his dream that he dreamt, but he hadn't told Dan, so Dan being able to relay the information about the dream is enough to prove that Daniel is magic. But it turns out the dream means this. The Babylonian king is king of all the kings, and after Babylon, there will come some inferior kingdoms, and they'll get destroyed, and then God will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed and fuck up all other kingdoms, or something. A simple one, really. So, on to the next story. Nebuchadnezzar, right, has a statue of himself made of gold. The usual stuff with people having to worship him instead of any gods. If they don't worship him, then they'll get burnt to death. Daniel's three mates that were also brought in, right, they refuse to, like, worship Nebo. They only want to pray to their own god, so Nebo's all like, what the fuck, dudes? And they're like, sorry, mate, and he is like, chuck him in that there furnace, and they get thrown into the flames. These flames, right, are so hot that the people chucking our boys in get burnt to death, so it's the real deal. Surely there is no way they will survive. Well, get this. Not only do they not burn, but they're just chilling in the flames, and Nebo even goes, look it, right, didn't we try to burn three chaps? I swear I see four. The fourth one being, um, God, or an angel, or whatever. Right. Nebuchadnezzar isn't too dumb, and seeing magic like this shits it, gets them out of the fire and starts to praise their God, thinking that they might be onto something. And as quickly as the story began, it ends. On to the next one. It's a king party. Nebo is having a party and chatting about another dream he's had. There is a massive tree in the dream, food for all and birds absolutely everywhere. A heaven man turns up and says to cut down the massive tree. Now, Daniel is again in charge of deciphering this dream, and this time it's tricky, which kind of gets Daniel angry. It's a bad dream saying bad things, and Dan is a little nervous that if you tell a king a bad thing, then... Well, the kings in Bible aren't famous for their reasonable and proportionate responses, are they? But Daniel tells Nebo the dream, and that it's God saying he will fuck over Nebo, drive him away, make his mind that of an animal, and until he accepts God, which I thought he did after the fire thing, but let's assume he has returned to being an idle, hungry slack king. So, be kind to the oppressed, stop being a dick to God's people. Nebuchadnezzar decides that God is good and gets to stop eating grass on a hill, and that is all done next! Oh, right, oh, oh, right, it gets a bit interesting here, a bit. You see, the last few stories are going to be mirrored or paired. You see, so far, we have the intro bit, then verse 2 was the king's first dream, verse 3 was the burning of those dudes, with the not burning, burning of the dudes, and verse 4, the king's party and second dream. The next verse will pair 5 with 4, 6 with 3, and 7 with 2. So 5 is up next, and it's another king party, but Nebo's son, who by this stage is the new king and a shittier, shittier version. So this feast is happening, and Balthazar, or whatever the king's name is, decides to break out the gold goblets that were stolen from the Israelites' temple, right? And he gets them out in order to drink wine. This is a sick move, and God thinks it's a 
great slight, okay? So a human hand appears out of thin fucking air and starts writing on the wall, which is, incidentally, where we get the phrase the writing is on the wall from. Idiom, thy name is Bible. No fucker knows how to interpret or, you know, read the words written by the magic space hand, but wait, Dan is still knocking about the kingdom and is called in to work it out. Turns out, it's talking about Nebo's shitty shitty son not humbling himself. And so his days are numbered here. He was weighed and found wanting and his kingdom gonna get fucked. The king is killed that very night. On to the lion story, which pairs with the fire story. So everyone in the king's court thinks Daniel is a bellend and wants him dead, but he doesn't break any laws, so they have to make one up for him to break. They decide that if you pray at all within a 30-day period, then you have to die. The king is all like, cool, whatever you say, and Dan is, fuck this noise, I'm going to pray my prayer all the same. He is caught, and it is decided he will be thrown to the lions. Yadda yadda. Turns out, he loves cats, and in the morning, he's simply chilling out with them. It's a brief but sweet story about kittens being adorable. Oh, yeah, the current Babylonian king is Darius, or maybe it's the Persian king by now. Anyway, he's livid that he was tried to be made to kill Daniel, so the people whose idea it was get fed to the lions, and their wives do, and their children. The children presumably wondering how they got dragged into all this bullshit, in many ways reminiscent of the Rumpelstiltskin story, where some random peasant tells the king his daughter can turn straw to gold for no reason without discussing it with his daughter first. It's definitely got that vibe to it. But anyway, right, now we get Daniel's dream, okay, which goes like this. There are four winds of heaven and four beasts coming out of the sea. A lion with eagle wings that get ripped off and it then becomes a human. There is a bear with ribs in its mouth who is told to eat flesh. There is a leopard with bird wings and four heads and a fourth beast which is a scary one. Iron teeth crushing absolutely everything. Ten horns and a little horn and human eyes. It's weird, okay? We're getting into real messy end times prophecy here and inspirations for many a metal song. Okay. God has wool hair and a fire throne and there's loads of open books all over the shop. That little horn I mentioned is boasting about uh, something. Then a son of man turns up, goes to God, and is given godlike authority, and everyone worships him, and his kingdom ends up being everlasting. So, let's make some sense of this. Four beasts of four kings of earth, fourth one scary one with the iron teeth, is the fourth kingdom on earth that will devour the whole thing. Up, ten horns represent ten kings, horn tends to represent kings in this book, by the way, and the final king will oppress God or something. The book of Daniel has five more verses to go, and it's all end times from this point on. He sees a ram next to a canal and one massive horn, which is great, and just so we're all on the same page, I am saying horn, referring to kings or kingdoms, not dicks. So wipe that childish smirk off your face. Don't think I don't know that every time I've been saying horn, you've sniggered. And when I said a little horn, you sniggered more. And now I've just said great horn, you're scoffing. Just, right, I'm gonna have to say horn a few more times before we're done here. And I want you to get all those laughs out of your system now, right now. And now stop it. A goat turns up and attacks 
the ram smashing its horn. The goat then becomes grey and its horn breaks off and in its place four horns grow out. One horn reaches the heaven, it is a massive thick horn. Then there's a rebellion or something, which may be the whole battle in heaven or something else, I don't know. Uh, This is hard to keep up with. The ram is Persia, I think, and the goat is Greece, I think. The four horns are kingdoms and there is a king who is all strong and will turn up and cause devastation, probably Rome, and destroy holy people, but he will end up getting destroyed by not humans. You can see how people get all confused with end-time prophecies and start attributing them to whatever is happening in their current world, can't you? Uh, Okay, so the desolation of Jerusalem will last 70 years. Dan knows this. So does a prayer to God, apologizing for what pricks God's people have been since forever. Then there's a vision of a great war and Daniel doesn't moisturize. I must have misunderstood something there, but let's go with it. Dry, dry, flaky, sore skin. Dan hears that the future is basically going to suck hard for his people. More visions about wars, and finally, we hear of a time of distress, and that all people will be delivered. This is it, the big one, the end of the world. All the dead will rise, but Daniel has to seal these prophecies away in a scroll till the end of time. Nice one, dickhead. How am I reading this in a world which is here, if you did your job right? And we finish by asking, when will this happen? And what do we get? Well, quite a specific answer. About 2,000 days time. Let's work this out. The book of Daniel was written approximately 164 BCE, right? So 365 days in a year. So 2,000 divided by 365 is like, what, five and a half years? So the book of Daniel puts the end of the world at about 158 BCE. The world didn't end. It's like that prick Harold camping all over again, who, thank the Lord, is now dead. And that concludes the major prophets. Uh, Next, on to the minor ones, which we'll do a little differently. As each of those are going to be like a paragraph long, the episodes will probably be just a couple of minutes, so instead of making you wait a couple weeks between each one, we'll do one a day. You are very welcome. Thank you for listening to A Better Bible. Now we need you to spread the word. Rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Follow the Twitter in the episode description and let us know how we changed your life, why you love us, how you need us. Share this with the world. Evangelize like a bastard. (laughs) You stupid.